The Art of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted, and no use in part or full is to be used without written express consent from The Art of Relationships Radio Show or myself, Greg Dzinski. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor, Greg Dzinski's, also known as Master G, The Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, <laughs> but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G. Welcome to Sunday night, everybody. Hopefully everyone's doing well. This is Greg Dzinski, a.k.a. Master G. This is the Art of Relationships radio show. Tonight, going to change it up a little bit, and it might be a sad topic. Uh, I do a lot of grief and loss work, as many people know, along with relationships and sexual challenges. And this one is, you know, what do you do when your loved one, your partner, passes away or, you know, passes away or dies? Same thing, right? What do you do? Like I said, I'm going to change it up or not. It's a sad topic, but I want to try to help people move on and move on from there. And it's, you know, most people assume it's a rite of passage, if you will, if you're in your 70s, 80s, 90s, right? Maybe even late 60s, you know, heart attacks and health issues start hitting. That's almost a given. What happens if, you know, your loved one passes away from cancer, right? What about even suicide and addiction? Accident. Uh, it was freaky, I unfortunately uh, witnessed an accident on my way home from the office on Friday. Uh, Actually, I think it was Saturday, not Friday, and there was a T-bone, and it was uh, not too pleasant to see that, and an elderly couple involved. And so, you know, like I said, it's a rite of passage, and... Our lives maybe can be taken for granted. We don't assume that our loved one, our you know, partner, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, can die or they pass away. And say you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s, it sort of you know shakes you up a little bit. You have all these expectations, right? Maybe. Retiring together, right? Raising grandkids, all that, all that fantasy land or expectations that maybe a lot of people share and people are envious enough. And I, you know, of course, I work on relationships, making them happier, healthier, more intimate. And when your partner is taken from you, 
it's it sort of catches you off guard when you're not prepared for it. You know, like I said, it could be a traffic accident, suicide, unfortunately. It could be an illness, cancer. I've had, you know, couples in the past, believe it or not, that it just sounds weird, but during sex, uh, the husband has a heart attack. And I talked about that in another show when that happens, you know, and the husband didn't pass away, luckily. They're 29 years old. The husband was 29 years old, had a heart attack during sex. And I talked about, you know, a long time ago about what do you do trying to bring back safety that, you know, the wife isn't uh, afraid that she's going to give him another heart attack and might kill him, and he might too. But what happens, you know, in a split second, your loved one is taken from you and they pass away, unfortunately. So I want to talk about that, maybe some ways... I'm going to talk about maybe feelings, what you go through. And I think everybody's familiar with the stages of, great, uh, stages of grief. You know, Kubler-Ross invented them, and, or I shouldn't say invented them, but established them, researched them. A lot of things, though, the stages of grief, not everybody goes through them. Not everybody goes through each stage, and not everybody goes through the stages or two, three stages out of the five in a given order. They can go from, you know, being pissed off, angry, to feelings of remorse, guilt. Bargaining is one, right? Oh, I just wish I'd had more time, more time. In a split second, when a life is taken from you, you don't get to bargain as much because it's over. When there's you know, cancer, maybe a severe heart attack where they might die hours later after you see them, whatever, and the bargaining kicks in where you're begging, pleading. Uh, Those that are religious, you know, might beg and plead and bargain with God or if you're not, the universe, whatever, trying to beg for more time for your loved one. How do you handle that? Your loved one passes away what do you do? Does your life just halt? Does it stop? Are you afraid to move on because you have remorse and guilt that you know kicks in? I'm going to talk about this. And not only loyalty for your loved one that passed away, you know, because they passed away, should you stop your life? Right? Should you go ahead, kick in? And that's it. My life is over too. My loved one passed away. Are you going to do that in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s? Hopefully, you still have a lot of life left, right? Like I said, this topic might be a little sad, to be honest with you. And again, I'm trying trying to help everybody out. By trying to move on, what do you do? I'm going to go through maybe some scenarios or situations, if you will, to look at how are you going to handle it and do these feelings hit home with you? I hope, everybody listening, you know, don't text me or you can call me live, of course, right? And you're going to be anonymous. Give me a call, 586 840 
8608. And probably tomorrow morning, it'll be too late this evening, but I'm going to post a link. It's a YouTube link to a video, and I show it when I teach death and dying in college classes and about grief and loss. And it's a cool video that a student of mine shared with me oh, probably four or five years ago at least. And I've been showing it in that class and it helps. And it sort of helps put maybe perspectives on when your loved one passes away. And sadly, this also might incorporate to losing a child. And not only your loved one, but maybe your child. It could be a best friend. So these ideas might help in that aspect, even though I'm centered on when your loved one passes away. You know, your husband, your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner out there. And maybe ways that you hit walls and trying to get over them, through them, whatever, to keep your life going on. But I'm going to go ahead I'm going to throw a link up there on Facebook to a YouTube video, and I hope you share that, bookmark it. It's it's pretty cool, and it helps people get through the mourning process, if you will. And I want you to live your life again. Because your loved one has passed, that doesn't mean your life ceases as it is. What happens if you want to go ahead and... Maybe you want another relationship. You're in your 20s, 30s, even 40s. Does that mean, you know, being loyal to your loved one? You never marry again. You never fall in love again. You never have sex again with anybody else. Because you're being so loyal to the one that passed away. And I have friends that have dated uh, individuals. Mostly, I'm going to say dated women where their husbands, unfortunately, passed away. Heart attack, cancer, auto accidents. Uh, and they tell me, Greg, you know, I the woman's great, love, you know, love her. Some of them have kids, and I'm going to deal with all that in a bit, too, about when you have kids and a husband and wife passes away, or, you know, even boyfriend, girlfriend, that the friends of mine come up to me and say, Greg, it's... It's like I'm living with a ghost. I'm trying, not living with a ghost, but I'm trying to, it's like I'm in competition with the ghost that passed away. I get compared to him. You know, my husband did this. You should do this. You know, comments like that, that you're living in competition. And I did an episode about trying to not bring baggage, you know, past baggage, trauma, emotional upheavals from your prior relationships, even marriages, to into new relationships. And how do you heal to move on? It's hard. And when you fall in love with someone and you're, let's face it, being in competition, competition with a ghost, it's, it's very difficult. So I want to help people move on from that and hopefully get healthier, and you're able to live your life again. Saying goodbye does not mean you're going to forget them, and it doesn't mean you are going to, that you're being mean, that you're, you didn't love that person when they passed away. It means that you're able to live. Everyone assumes this 
situation, right? They assume this analogy that, and they'll tell you, well, your husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, whatever, passed away. You're still living. You need to live, right? Easier said than done. Some aspects, and I'm going to get into maybe some feelings and what you deal with that are preventing you from moving on and try to help you heal, and maybe take steps to heal your grief, your sadness, your hurt. All these feelings of loneliness, all these coming up and biting you every morning or going to bed feeling lonely, feeling sad, crying yourself to sleep, these are all normal, okay? And within given time frames, everybody assumes, you know, a given time frame, oh, you should be healed over it, right? In three months, six months. That's bullshit. Everybody's different. You have a right to grieve. You have a right to feel what you feel. If you want to stop feeling those things, that's what this is all about and how I'm going to help you, okay? Again, the Art of Relationships Radio Show, it's to help people out there. It's to help you, and it's all about you out there. This is the Art of Relationships radio show. This is Greg Dzinski, a.k.a. Master G. Please, hit me up on Facebook. You can find me under my name, but most of my posts and everything are under the Art of Relationships. And I also post show updates on the Art of Relationships radio show Facebook page. And my website, of course, is theartofrelationships.guru, G-U-R-U. So go ahead, hit me up, send me a message, send me critiques. I want to hear them all. Again, you can give me a call, 586-840-8608. If I can provide insights to a you know, you calling in, and you might also help others out there, right? Not only me, I learn from clients, and I learn from other people. So other people can learn from your knowledge, and also maybe what you've been through. So please, feel free, give me a call, 586-840-8608. I'm going to take a few minute break. I'm going to be back in a short minute. This is Greg Dzinski on the Art of Relationships radio show. Be back in a few moments, people. Thank you. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook.
Hello, Master G back, and welcome to the Art of Relationships radio show. Talking about when you lose a loved one, sadly, okay? Like I said, a lot of these situations and everything can also apply to other grief, you know, loss of a child, sadly, uh, best friend, uh, brother, sister, whatever, but uh, focusing on in the context is about losing, you know, a romantic loved one, there we go, Uh, partner, wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, that sort of thing. So, even though it's set on that context, that context can be definitely directed or redirected, reapplied to other situations, okay? A lot of times, like I talked about before the break, when you lose your loved one, especially, you know, Suddenly, you're not prepared, right? It's just like car accident and heart attack. You might not be prepared and it comes out of the blue, if you will, and comes up and just bites you in the butt. You talk about, you know, immediate loss, a little bit sadness. You get angry, maybe, that if there's a illness, car accident, you want to blame somebody. This is normal. And you go through, you know, the anger, the misbelief that they're gone. These are all normal situations, feelings. They suck. I'm going to be honest. You know, everybody that has dealt with this or a loss, it could be loss of a pet even, believe it or not, that it it just sucks. You want someone to pay. You want someone to blame, which is normal. How is this going to hold you back? And I'm not talking, you know, a week, a month, whatever, and you feel, those are very normal. But if it starts, these feelings start going beyond, you know, three weeks, or I'm sorry, three months, six months, and I told everybody before the break, there is no right way or time frame to grieve. It's, you know, how it affects your life, right? If you can't work, if you can't function, after a certain time frame, and like I said, everybody's different, then you need probably to seek grief counseling, professional help, you know, maybe even friends, whatever. If medical doctor, that's fine too. And usually they refer to hopefully reputable grief counselors that know what the hell they're doing, okay? So when, you know, your loved one passes, you're maybe in a state of shock, right? And you're wondering, you start feeling sad, anger, I already talked about that, but you start feeling lonely, right? If you're used to sleeping next to somebody every night and they're not there anymore, people, you know, they might hug their pillow. They might not even want to sleep in the same 
bed again, right? Because of that loneliness. They don't have that body next to them. So you start going through the loneliness, the cravings, your heart aches. You might get sick. Right? People that have been there know what the hell I'm talking about. So... When that starts, you know, you might start settle those down, getting whatever. Another aspect is how many people have suffered from the remorse and guilt? And you're like, remorse and guilt? What the hell is Greg talking about? I didn't kill him. I wasn't the one that got him sick or, you know, caused the accident, caused the heart attack, whatever. But the remorse and guilt about not being uh, maybe a better partner. You start beating yourself up. You know, I could have been more loving. I could have been more romantic. I could have been maybe not so much of a bitch or a dick, right? You start dealing with these aspects and start beating yourself up. I want you to try to flip that around. Look at the script. Yeah, you can maybe learn from the negative aspects from beating yourself up. I want you to start looking at the positives, okay? What you did right. The good things. If you were, you know, the good things about being a great wife, a great husband, a great partner. Check on those things and find warmth and comfort in that. Instead of trying to beat yourself up with, you know, the guilty aspects. I shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? Center on the good things. Say you were good. Okay? Those are huge. Another aspect, after time goes on, again, everybody is different. How many people are there? They're afraid to love again, right? To get in another relationship possible because they don't, if they fall in love again, they might be fearful. If they die, right? Or if they leave them, that pain, they don't want to go through that again. So they might get into a relationship, maybe loneliness, whatever. But they really don't want to love again because they don't want to do anything half-assed, right? They, or I'm sorry, they start doing things half-assed. The withdrawal from loving deeply again, so the pain, they don't go through that again. Who the hell wants to go through that pain? So I think it's our psychological, maybe humanistic nature to withdraw, to back around, to sort of go in certain situations as half-ass. It's the only way I say it. You know, you're not fully giving yourself like you did before, or maybe you use excuses, and like I mentioned about before the break with friends of mine, that, you know, you're doing a comparison. You're trying to compare the new person that you're in a relationship with to the one that passed away. Trying to compare. You want those same feelings. It's going to be different. So I want you to realize that and grasp it and embrace it that it is going to be different. It's a different person, different relationship. But the fears, right, it's legit. That you don't want to lose again. You don't want to be tormented with those pains of loving somebody and 
having them pass away or loss again. Not only the fears that hit home, you know, with the fear of pain losing somebody, but a huge, huge entity with this when when your loved one passes away is loyalty to the one who passed, right? I can't date anybody. I can't have sex with anybody. I can't love anybody again because I'm going to feel guilty. It's not right. I feel I dealt with this a lot in the office. Greg, I feel like I'm cheating. Even though they're past, I feel like I'm cheating on them emotionally, physically, psychologically, and in every form of essence. I hear this a lot, and a lot of people go through, you know, grief and loss counseling with certain, you know, a lot of group settings, and they very well center on these aspects, or they should, but they don't. And a lot of these grief, you know, grief support groups, they're in a religious setting, and I'm not bash, bashing, bashing, sorry, um, those aspects, but they almost have that uh, entity of trying to keep the one who passed away alive, loved, and everyone. And I think that sort of refrains from the healing process about moving on. So you encompass those. Not only are your fears about being loyal to the one passed away, that you're cheating, whatever, even going on a date, forget about you know getting to the point of sex, you know, or loving or caring for somebody again, even going on a date, you might feel like you're cheating or talking to somebody, meeting someone for coffee, lunch, whatever. Not only the loyal to that, what about the loyalty to the one who passed away, family? Oh my God, she's cheating. He's only been dead a year and she's already dating somebody, or he's already dating someone when his wife just passed a year ago, right? You're supposed to have that time frame. Again, everybody is different when the healing process hits. Everybody is different. You're going to have every Tom, Dick, and Harry, Sally, Sarah, whatever, that are going to tell you what you should do and when, right? According to... Their rules. This is your life again, right? You have to do what you feel is best for you. And this also goes hand in hand. Not only loyalty aspects, like I said with family members, maybe other family members or friends are going to push you to date again. Ooh, right? They don't want to see you lonely. They don't want to see you sad. So they're going to set you up. They're going to do an online dating profile. They're going to hurry and push you in there when you're not ready. This is where you step back and say, you know what? I'm not ready. I appreciate it. I understand what you're doing. I'm not ready. And that's okay, right? But I'm talking about when maybe you are ready, but your loyalty to the one that's passed on is keeping you at bay. It's keeping you withdrawn from living again. Remember, you're still alive. Again, not easy. I understand that, and I'm very compassionate about that. But you look at loyalty. You know, would your loved one want to want you happy? I would hope so, and want you to live and try to live a fulfilling life as much as possible. 
And there's some people out there I worked with, it sounds, you know, sort of weird, but they will, if they have a terminal illness or cancer, sadly, or whatever, that they'll go ahead and they're trying to find their husband or their wife, uh, their next boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, you know, and it's like, you think it's crazy, I'm not even ready yet, well, I want to pick a great one for you, you know, and you're looking, I'm laughing, but it's sort of weird, but they want them to move on again, which I think is a very, very unselfish act, however, you're not, you know, say, you're not dead yet, and you got to quit pushing those aspects and allow the husband or wife in those situations to heal. And they need to sort of get a sense of themselves again, right? Just when a you know regular relationship ends, it's you know, it's usually don't end if it's good. But even when a breakup or divorce situation, uh you you want to hit on the premise about finding yourself again, right? Even more so in the case when a loved one passes away. Dealing with the loyalty, you know, issues about feeling guilty that you want to date again, that you feel lonely and you want to enjoy life again, that's normal. However, I want to fight, have you fight through that emotionally and give yourself permission to live. Okay, it's not cheating. It's not deceptive. You're not a rotten person. You're alive. You're human. And humans want that comfort. They want that love, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And it's very difficult when you have, say, the in-laws still around or whatever, and they're feeling sort of uneasy about that, right? And they might make you feel guilty. Oh, I can't believe you're even thinking about it. How could you? What? You really didn't love Sally or Johnny that much if you're already looking to date, and it's been two years, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. The time frames, again, are up to you. As long as you don't sell yourself out and you got a great essence about who you are again, that you regain yourself. However, I don't want you to jump in a relationship again, just like your divorce, breakup, whatever. I don't want you to jump in because you're lonely and you just want that self, because you can end up in a world of hurt down the road, not only maybe hurting yourself or being in a relationship or being with somebody that's not right or healthy for you. You could emotionally you know, hurt somebody, and it's not your intention But I want you to have a great sense of self and the loyalty issue that you can still, you know, miss the one that passed away. However, the loyalty needs to start being back to yourself. This is even maybe more detrimental or even harder. What happens if you have kids and your husband or wife passed away and maybe you want to date again and your kids are thinking you're cheating. That's not fair to mom. That's not fair to dad. They passed away and that's not fair. Or, on the other hand, what happens if your kids are pushing the date, right? Everybody talked about, right, when, what was it? When, uh, not when Harry met Sally, but the Tom Hanks, oh, sleepless in Seattle, right? Mom passes away and the son's trying to hook dad up to 
love again. So, you know, you have that aspect, too, where the kids maybe push mom or dad to try to get involved again. Again, this is when you're ready, and you have to do a gut check, right? Your gut will tell you if you're ready or not, but you need to give yourself permission to say goodbye to the one that passed away and to live again. And by saying goodbye, that does not mean you're going to forget him or her, that you're, you didn't love him or her with all your heart, not at all, okay? And I want to get more on the kid aspects after this break. Again, this is the Art of Relationships radio show. This is Greg Dzinski. I'll be back in a few. Looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook.
Hi, this is Greg Dijinsky, a.k.a. Master G. Oh my god, I stumbled over my own uh, last name. Um, this is the Art of Relationships radio show. This is Greg Dijinsky, a.k.a. Master G. Talking about a sad topic uh, tonight. When you, you know, grieve the loss of a loved one, uh, spouse, partner, um, you know, girlfriend boyfriend that type of thing and talked about you know the feelings of loneliness sadness and maybe the self-inflicted remorse and guilt if you will for not being a better partner you know wife husband i could have been better i could have done this all this stuff right i shouldn't have argued i shouldn't have yelled as much these are all normal stuff but i want you to cut yourself some slack again i want you to hit on the good aspects, right? What you did that was good. I don't want you to be arrogant, whatever, but I want you to be real and be genuine with yourself that maybe you were giving, you were caring, you were loving, you were emotionally supportive to the one that passed away, okay? Now, you know, being loyal to the one who passed away, say if you're moving through the sadness, the hurt, and all this stuff, and Maybe you do want to date again or you're thinking you want somebody else in your life. You need to give yourself you know, permission to move on. That you can be loyal to yourself. And it's not cheating. Not at all. To move on. Um, to enjoy your life again. Remember, you're living the one your loved one passed away. And I don't, I'm not being cold. I'm not being, you know... Not compassionate, not at all. I'm very compassionate, and it's very, very difficult when you lose a loved one to be able to give yourself permission to move on. However, you can do this. Don't allow people to pressure you into moving on when you're not ready. However, you know, when time does go by, you know, months, a year, whatever works for you, you know. If you're not moving on, this is where you might need professional help, okay? To help you heal and to live again and to be happy, happy, right? So you're going to remember the good things about you in the relationship. You can also say, you know, say goodbye. Not a problem. Saying goodbye does not mean you didn't love him or her, right? That doesn't mean you're going to forget. Not at all. Right before a break, the hardest thing, you know, dealing with this situation is if you have kids in these situation. You're so worried about the kids, you know, how they're doing, how they're grieving, if they're okay. With this situation, the n- number one thing you can do, you try to be there for them, okay? Each kid is different. They're going to grieve differently one might be angry getting pissed off all the other time the other one might be crying maybe just staying in their room all the time okay this is normal and i what i tell a lot of parents in these situations is you allow them to grieve you try to be there for them they miss dad they miss mom it hurts their belly hurts they feel like puking all these is very normal and tell them it's okay After a certain time frame, 
you know, it, it could be a couple of weeks, whatever. And I know it seems very, how can I say, very quick, very rapid time frame. Even, you know, within a week, it's it's very difficult. One of the most helpful things you can do is to get kids back in the routine, right? They might not feel like going to school. It might be a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, right? Five weeks. And then you get in a habit where they might not want to go back to school. And it's sort of using that pain and everything to be a crutch. And again, they might feel loyal. Chances are they will. And a lot of times, even the kids, just like you as the adult, they're going to go through, you know what, if I laugh and joke around and enjoy myself, you know what, I feel guilty. I feel guilty because that means, oh, if I'm having fun, whatever, that means I must not miss mom or dad. I must not miss them. Right? So it's almost like they want to get sucked into the sadness and the loneliness and missing their parent and not be able to move on again. Just like you as the adult, one of the best things you can do is get them into their regular routine routine, sorry. You know, if it's school or if their younger ones maybe daycare. This doesn't mean, you know, they died the next day you're gonna get them in there. No, 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 no. Be compassionate be realistic but you know trying to get them into the regular routine again is probably one of the most helpful things if it's getting them in school again you know child care daycare or getting them into their sporting activities dance you know whatever it is whatever they're into different clubs to try to get them back there that's almost one of the best healing agents that you can do for your kids. Another one I recommend also for young kids, and I I used to, oh my God, I used to specialize in trauma and grief and loss with kids too, along with relationship sexual issues. Don't ask me how they go hand in hand. They don't. They're a separate entity. But um, a program here in the Metro Detroit area is called Sandcastles, and they deal specifically with the loss of a a parent, or even, you know, a pet for younger kids or even older kids, that it's a great organization, and I highly recommend them if the kids need that, right? So, and also, your focus so much is on the kids, you sort of forget about you, right? When I talked about the loyalty before the last break, the loyalty about moving on, maybe the kids want you to, oh, you're going to date again, you're going to, or maybe they don't want you to. Oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. You're cheating on daddy. You're cheating on mommy. Whatever. How could you do that? They died and da-da-da-da-da. Right? You have a right to uh, live again. And your guilt. Remember I talked about the guilt and remorse about losing um, and the loyalty to loved one. But you also have loyalty yourself. And you have a right to enjoy life too. And this creates a huge turmoil. And rightfully so. It's very difficult. Because you're thinking of your kids. You also have to. You have to take care of you. You're living again. And you're entitled to be happy. So 
maybe the kids need, you know, professional help or like I mentioned about sandcastles or, you know, a grief counselor or someone that's reputable in your area. Don't just go by online yellow pages, whatever. You want someone who actually gets it and gets kids and can be there. You can be there mostly for your kids. However, I also don't want you to forget about yourself, that you are living again and you have a right to be happy. It's a fine line. I understand that. Again, this is also about your life too, okay? So, do what feels right to you. If your gut says you can move on, you're ready to date or whatever, maybe you're not ready. Maybe you don't want to. I get that. But if you want to, and your heart is still with your loved one that passed away, or the guilt with the kids, then I would suggest, you know, where you have that conflict, talk to somebody, okay? Talk to someone who's not bias who's not tied to your loved one that passed away not like in-laws not like you know maybe your brother or sister were best friends with them too that you you want to talk to someone that's unbiased okay that's there for you again there's not necessarily a right and wrong it's when you're ready if you're ready and how to deal with it so many parents you know, when they lose a loved one and they have kids that they're so worried about taking care of their kids that they don't have time to grieve. Or maybe they're afraid to because, oh my God, if my kids see mommy crying because dad died or dad crying because mom died, it's like, oh, I got to be strong for my kids. I can't let them see me cry. Or they're worried about me and they need to be kids. And, oh, right? All that cluster situation. You know, it's okay. Kids can see you cry. I think that's normal and it's natural. And, yes, you do need to be there for your kids and be the adult and be strong. However, you have a right to grieve, too. You have a right to grieve and to feel sad. It's about you too. Yes, it is about the kids. It's also about you. It's very, very important that you grieve and allow yourself to grieve and get through the feelings of loneliness and sadness, right? And missing that warm body next to you. Again, you know, a recap before I sign off. I want you to, you know, instead of looking at bashing yourself with the remorse and guilt, you know, I should have been a better partner, I should have done this, been more compassion, more caring, more considerate, not as selfish, you name it, right? I want you to look at the good you've done in the relationship, you know, the good things about you, and also focus on maybe being a better partner if you're in a relationship down the road, learn from it, okay? But look at the good things. And another thing that helps a lot of grieving aspects is to, you know, remember the good times. Remember the good events in a relationship. They can put a smile on your heart and sort of warm your heart. And maybe you can share those with somebody else. 
holding on to the good times are okay. And that can be very therapeutic and can, it can be healthy. So that's huge. Number one key is giving yourself permission to keep living. That you have a right. You deserve to live again. To be happy. Maybe to be loved again romantically. Again, that's you know that's up to your heart, up to your gut. And it comes to a certain time. Remember, it's your life. It's nobody else's. People might be biased, so this is where you might need to talk to somebody professionally to help you through this, okay? If your friends are there for you and they're not biased, they're not judgmental, they're not trying to be loyal to one side or the other other than you, right? And what you want to do. Don't allow people to push you in one direction or the other. This is your life. But give yourself permission to keep living and dealing with this stuff okay very difficult situation only covering you know for you know a little less than an hour and tonight this takes a lot more time i'm just trying to do a general if you will synopsis a quick situation trying to help you and what you can do and look at different ways of moving on and people do you know different rites of passages and rituals about saying goodbye you can keep you know keepsake you know boxes shelves especially if you have kids these are very important and momentum memento sorry of remembering and keeping that the one that passed away close and that's okay so, you know, keep keepsakes, maybe, you know, pictures, dad's favorite hat, uh, whatever, a shirt, whatever works. Now, if those things get in the way of you moving on, then maybe a ritual again, or if you want to call it a makeshift ceremony of saying goodbye and saying, I love you, I'm going to move on again, and I'm going to put this and keep, keep, or safekeeping, oh my god, sorry people, (laughs) safekeeping, that's okay. But give yourself permission to keep living. This is a saying, or maybe mostly for older couples, okay? But this is to give maybe a perception of how deep I want couples to get in love, where... I want you, if possible, this does not mean premature, okay? This is just tied in with the grief and closeness of relationships. But would you allow your loved one to die or pass away before you? If you think about this question in in a context, yeah, you're both maybe 80s, 90s, 100 years old, you're old, okay, in your situation, would you allow, would you give permission to your loved one to die or pass away before you? Think about this for a minute, okay? By giving your loved one permission, you love them so much that you're allowing them to pass away before you. Why? Because why, people? Because you love them so much, you do not 
want them to endure and go through the hurt, the feelings of sadness, the grief, the loneliness. You love them that much, you're going to give them permission to die before you, so you endure the pain, the loneliness, the hurt, the suffering. Think about that. And what could you do where you sort of have that close relationship? And what can you do to maybe make your relationship even better, more intense, and loving now? Remember I talked about the guilt and remorse, not being a better partner, wife, husband, whatever? What the hell can you do tonight, today, to be that better partner, right? What can you do to gain more intimacy and more closeness today with your partner? Again, we want to share our hearts. We want to love deeply, passionately. However, every single relationship will end people. And these are cues to help you move on. Remember, Every relationship ends, period. Either breakup, divorce, or one of you passes away. But yet, I don't want you to think about that. I don't want you to hold back your love, your intimacy, the soulfulness between you two because of that fear. Because that fear, you know what? You deserve to be loved. You deserve to have the intense love, desire, passion, great sex, all that stuff, right? That's part of living. So don't be afraid of dying. Live today. How can you be terrific in your relationship? How can you be terrific today and forego those fears? Don't worry about them and move on, okay? Thank you very much for listening this evening. This is Greg Dzinski, the AKA Master G. Coming up Wednesday, I'm going to heat it up a little bit and talking about sexual fantasies shared. Are you afraid to share them with your partner, right? Are you afraid to talk about them? Uh, Oh, they're going to think you're a freak, you're gross, all that stuff. But, What are your sexual fantasies, right? Remember, you can find me on my website, theartofrelationships.guru, G-U-R-U. Also, hit me up on Facebook, people. The Art of Relationships and the Art of Relationships radio show. Again, like everybody else, much love to everybody out there. I appreciate all the support. Again, the Art of Relationships radio show. My Facebook and actually my work in my office, it's all about helping others. That's what I'm about. That's where my passion is to help everybody out there, okay? Much love to everybody. Again, peace. Everybody have a good night. Take care. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor Greg Dazinski's, also known as Master G., The Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners in helping with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format. 
plus a plus compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G.